Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Four Pointers Fantasy League podcast. I'm Jake, and I'm joined by uh, a much-improved Trent. Trent, how's it going? Oh, fantastic. Is this how good you felt all year? Top this... 3,007, baby. Yeah, 3,007. <laughs> it wasn't my uh, 15 that I finished. Or started finished <laughs> round one last season, but 3,000 is still uh, pretty good. How many Out of how many players have we got there? 140? 146,000. Yeah, not bad. Number one in our league, too. Yeah, killed it. Great start. Uh, unlike me, who started with uh, a rank of 24,960, which is still okay, but yeah, not, not the uh, And you the copped highest. the big L. Yeah, and and I lost in our our league this week as well. So I don't think I got scored under uh, eight hundred all last season with outside of buy rounds, and then copped the seven ninety seven to uh to start round one. So not ideal. Yeah, I think nine hundred three might be my best opening total ever. Yeah, very very solid start. We'll all go downhill from here, but <laughs> I, take the glory. I think one, what we learned from this round, as always, which we already knew, <laughs> was the importance of captaincy choice. Absolutely. Like I think just the captaincy choice alone was a swing of. Uh, like almost a hundred. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Tedesco didn't do too well, and I had him as captain. Uh, Payne and Haas, so I got who got eighty five. Who was, I think, maybe the top scorer for he the was. round. Yeah, he was. Yeah, nothing feels better than when you find out your captain's the top scorer for the round because it means you couldn't have done hard, hard to lose when you do that. Yeah, unless the other person has that player, it's kind of negated. Yeah, which the person I played this week did have him as captain. Did the person you play have him as captain? No. They had Tedesco's captain. That helped a bit. Yeah. (laughs) It would numb the pain. Yeah. So we're going to go through the main talking points of the team list. And then this week's special topic is how the cheapies performed. So starting to get a gauge for what cheapies you show your team, what cheapies you don't. And I think we already discussed next week we'll cover top captain. So tune in then. So Jake... Uh, teamless. What was your early thoughts? I think the storm was one of the obviously talking points that people went to to see what carnage <laughs> meant for them. Yeah, they had a rough week, obviously. Uh, so I went to the game uh, on on Saturday against the storm, um, being a Tigers supporter, and they were dropping like flies. So yeah, Brandon Smith go out within two minutes. Uh, George Jennings is out for the season now. Christian Walsh, with pretty much nearly the last play of the great game, did his Achilles. So he uh, he was obviously out for probably the the rest of the season. Um, but yeah, they've had a few, uh, thankfully people come back into the side. So, uh, and from a fantasy perspective, I think the two big talking points would be Cam Munster, um, and Harry Grant. So those two are, are ones to potentially, uh, look at now. Um, and then I guess the other one would be, would be Josh King now that, uh, that Brandon Smith is out for an extended period of time. But yeah, they're the, they're the two or two or three key ones to, to have a look at. And when they were dropping like flies on Saturday night, I looked at Josh King at half time. He was on thirty. I'm like, fantastic. He's going to, you know, be a, around Good fifty option. mark for the next like four or five weeks. Get you up, and then he got eight in the second half. So <laughs> who knows? Like it's tempting. Being a f- former Newcastle fan that couldn't stand Josh King when he was on the team, True. I like the idea of him as a fantasy player much more because it doesn't involve winning games and he doesn't drop balls anywhere near the astronomical <laughs> rate that he used to drop them. If you get a tackle, go to the ground, out a catch. Up, it would slip out. <laughs> Craig Bellamy just puts glue, sprays glue <laughs> on people's hands. So then, uh, so yeah, so that's tempting, but I don't, I'm not in love with it. And then you've obviously got uh, that Dean Aramia, Aramia, yeah. come in, but he's not a ch- necessarily cheapy at three thirty-four. Yeah. Um, so outside of that, there's not too much beneficial carnage there for the team. The people I think were hoping Alec McDonald might get the number thirteen off of Josh King because he's obviously a bit more of a cheapy. And um, even Josh King, you're concerned about Tepan Moreau coming in, McDonald coming in, and then... 
Chris all Lewis that, all that fighting just to get bench. replaced by Brandon Smith Chris Lewis on an extended bench yeah and they're paying that Jack Haworth like 500,000 a year so <laughs> yeah, he hasn't played the first cricket yeah so you think he would as well be coming into the rotation at some point and they might use his injuries to accelerate that so yeah so at the moment so we yet to be seen if there's much benefit for us in that area um, another one another key point that we noticed was a lot of players that weren't available round one coming into their teams that are some of them are big ticket items. He was talking about your Latrell Mitchells, your AJ Brimsons, and your Reese Walsh's joke. Yeah, so Latrell obviously been the big one. I think a lot of people there's would have been some people that might have even uh then risked him. If I look at what his uh his team uh, ownership at the moment, uh we're at uh, we're at approximately two point two percent. So not as many people as I thought might have might have stuck with him for, for round one, but I think that'll jump up as the uh the I guess the the rest of the round or the rest of the games play out, so I think he could be a good option to to bring in um, now that that position is pretty much locked in. So uh, he's a he's a good one. What do you, where do you see uh, about someone like Reese Walsh? Yeah, I think you said the two point two percent before for Latrell. It's I think it's because we had all those cheapies before, well, not cheapies, but well Ponga, Tedesco, Papertowns, and also well priced. And then you had the temptation for Vojvic. So that wasn't much, I think, incentive unless you really, really liked Latrell Mitchell, Reese Walsh, AJ Brimson to hold them for this week. I think now they're coming in. If you if you're looking to move around some money, we're talking about like Sean Johnson, who's been injured, and if he wasn't in your starting halves, he was on your bench. Uh, as a you know an X factor point of difference player, then one of these guys could easily fill that void. Obviously, they range on different prices. I think when you look at a player like Reese Walsh, it's his second season, so you'd hope there'd be some type of leap. Yep, and he would be scoring more. The trail, you basically know what you're going to get. Uh, the the ceiling is Tom Javoyevich like scores, but the lows can be your third like under twenty because he's not a high work rate player. He's a moments of brilliance player, so. Uh, you can live or die by that sometimes. The definition is rocks or diamonds. Yeah. AJ Brimson's always been a fa- good fantasy player, more in theory <laughs> than actuality. And this will be his first time really consistently playing in the halves, so there's no real, there's not a lot of, uh, I guess, you know, stats to, to justify bringing yeah, him there's in. There's no with base other, work yeah. for this projection. You'd argue normally that moving into the halves is worse. You'd rather a player generally play fullback. Yep. Because they get kick return meters, they get more involved in the attack. Sometimes a player like AJ Brimson can lose their running game when they're put into a pass first role. Yep. If they don't know when to run, they just never run. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. He was on. He was doing pretty well on the back end of last year for memory. Yep. Uh, but you're coming off an injury as well, depending if he's 100% fit. At least with Walsh and Latrell, they're not coming off injuries. They're coming off suspension, so you think they'd be um, a pretty good mix going in. So all tempting options, but I think out of, if any position has depth this year, it's the wing fullback. Yeah. Like you'd say there's like five, six really good options to go in, and then a few better, even cheap options. Like Terrell Sloan looked good on the weekend. Yeah, he did. So there's uh, plenty- the hammer. Yeah, the hammer did well. Yeah, and there's plenty to choose from in the wing fullback section. I wish some of these were dual position. Yeah, <laughs> in the halves. God, if they could play hooker, <laughs> that'd be fantastic. Edge, edge back row is pretty, uh, pretty bleak sometimes. Yeah, that would be sick. <laughs> if Latrell could pick up a few games in the back row, awesome. You could be my starting. Yeah, Demetrio, new coach. Let's just wing, uh, try it out. See how it goes. <laughs> it could be worse. Yeah, I mentioned it before. Sean Johnson getting injured to me. That was one of the value propositions of the first round. He was tapered in mid five hundreds, 
and he's a potential to score average in the 60s. He was scored 40 with a broken thumb, uh, some type of injury. I think someone else had the broken thumb. But he did well with an injury, got 40. I was like, you know, that's a good framework to move forward. But now he's out for the next four weeks. So you got to look at alternatives. I think we discussed. I think I had Johnson. You didn't, but we both brought in the same half, Jake Clifford from the Knights. He's a goal kicker, ter- terrible goal kicker, but a goal kicker. <laughs> he kicks goals. He yeah. attempts. He's a he's a the main long distance kicker for the Knights. He's also got a running game and he's big, so he makes tackles. He reminds me a lot of young Mitchell Pierce. So I think if people have Sean Johnson and they need to pivot to another half, like I did, then Jake Clifford is probably the right player around that price range because. Uh, Good quality halves at a decent price is uh, really hard to come by this year. You've got really the big ticket items like Nathan Cleary and DCE, but beyond that, there's nothing I'm really in love with. That's why I went with Sean Johnson in the first place. Luke Brooks is another option if you have a little bit more, and Nico Hines. Yeah, well, even uh, yeah, I was looking at uh, Mitch Moses, who has notoriously been a decent option um, to as a um, as a halfback. I'm real, I'm real scared of Mitchell Moses with those rules changes about kicking, kicking meters. Yeah, so he only kicked for 191 meters, um, which was only six points uh, this year, and all of his stats were like tries. Uh, sorry, try assists, goals and stuff, which, you know, obviously is what you want from a halfback, but there was 49 or 51 points um, from basically all that attacking stats and hardly any tackles, so which is not ideal. Yeah. So Mitch, Mitchell Johnson has two modes, running back and quarterback. <laughs> and quarterback is normally a compliment, but I mean it in the sense of you don't <laughs> run the ball <laughs> and you only pass. <laughs> so, yeah, he's uh, one probably to avoid. But, yeah, Luke Brooks from the eye test, he was fairly involved, did a lot of the general kicking over Hastings, which was a little bit disappointing for me who had Hastings uh, in his fantasy team and did kick goals, well, attempted to kick goals, similar in the uh, the Clifford Elk. But, uh, yeah, he's another one to potentially look at if you're looking around that similar similar price point to uh, to Sean Johnson. Yeah, the hard part with week two is you've got a little bit more info than in the off-season, but not much more that makes you confident. Yeah. But I think people that were wary about getting Luke Brooks uh, with the Jackson-Hastings pairing is a little bit more subdued. Yeah, I think Jackson Hastings made him a better player on the field but without ruining his fantasy league stats. Yeah. But yeah, I think Jack- Jackson Hastings scared me from the start. I don't know, at 460, I thought it was too big of a swing. You took that swing. But yeah. I do think it's worth giving anyone, giving most players another few weeks, unless it's like a terrible result. Like I wasn't in love with Angus Crichton's score of 47. But I'm going to give him another crack. Like, I was tempted to trade him out for Curran. I yep. might have if I didn't need to use my trades to replace injuries. But, yeah, like, a lot of the times you'll trade a player at week two, and then by week eight you're like, what did I do? <laughs> yeah, what a waste of time. Yeah, yeah what a time I've got no trades. Time. I'm struggling for trades. I could have used that trade now. Yeah. And, uh, and they're killing it. So there's some argument for the theory of you try to not use trades in the first few weeks well, you actually figure out what you have and then you, you got extra trades for later on in the year. And most people love to burn through everyone. Most people have the strategy, I'll burn through trades in the first and 12, 12 weeks and then I'll try and hold on. Sometimes like, why don't I just give it three weeks without making a trade unless it's like a clear... And they're bleeding like, cash. Unless yeah. it's an injury or just a clear, like, I think uh, Lukey from Cowboys, I would have liked to have traded this week, but it's because I bought him thinking he'd be a starter... Tom and Payne he did the old Swift. 36 off the bench. Yeah. And then this week, Tom Gilbert has been named to second row and Tom Malala has been named to the 13. So we'll see. But, but yeah, and then uh, we're also going to talk about the Brisbane Haas pairing. Looks like we finally got a bit of um, clarity on it. 
with what people said was going to happen, Adam Reynolds and Albert Kelly in the halves. Yeah, worst case scenario from a fantasy perspective because Billy Walters has now been named in the 17 jersey on the bench. So, um, yeah, I think there was a little bit of hope that uh, Walters did play well last week to to push his case to be a starting 5'8", but unfortunately it looks like they've gone with Albert Kelly for this week. But as we saw last season with Kevin Walters, who changed his halves pairing nearly every week, um, there's still a hope that Billy Walters could get in the starting side. But for now, it's yeah, not ideal when uh, people were looking for him as a cheapy option to um, to to have in their, in their at least their reserves uh, as a backup. Yeah, like the Brisbane halves combination was always scary because even if you bought one, you know, yeah, you weren't confident. That Reynolds was stick. the only sort of consistent yeah. one. So even if they'd stuck with them at the start of the year, who it's gonna? I think everyone's going to crack at the five eight jersey next week. It'll be Tyson Gamble, then it'll be Ezra Mam, like because <laughs> Tony Stags will finally Tony get the Stags run after they were talking about it. Yeah, Corey Parker will come in retirement <laughs> yeah. and have a run in the six. Benji, yeah, Benji, Abdul. <laughs> Kevin Walters himself will probably at one point give himself a run. He's like, I know how to do this. Alfie, get rid of the blue uh, jumper and put put on on the maroon one. (laughs) So I think, yeah, no matter who's in there, I had no interest in buying them. Billy Walters, I would have at least maybe thrown the dice on because he was so cheap. But, yeah, you would have no faith. And I think as well, I think Billy, I was thinking today, Billy Walters will probably get the final run because it's his son, and he's like, if he puts him in, he's not going to want to drop yeah, him. Nepotism, yeah. Nepotism, and then everyone's going to accuse him of nepotism. If everybody else fails, then there's less pressure for him to drop Billy straight away. But yeah. if he starts with Billy, and Albert Kelly's killing it off the bench, or, or reserve, killing it in great. reserves, yeah. and Ezra Mam's killing it, and Tyson Gamble looks awesome, then they're just like, all this pressure. If he's like, screaming for it to be a change. Yeah, I think if he waits till later in the year, there'll be less screaming. Like, I've and tried everything. And they're already out of the finals. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, let's just get, let's let the old man run his son out. But I think this time of the year is the worst time from a PR point Screw of view. Screw on, especially Reynolds' yeah. first game. And, and the pressure cooker going on as well. It just doesn't really make sense for him to play Billy. But it'll be, it'll be interesting how that half situation shakes out. The over-under of how many people wear the number six is ironically <laughs> six. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm taking overs for sure. Yeah, so the, the special topic for this week is cheapies. I think after round one, everyone kind of goes to the dollars to cents converter on Fantasy League to see what players have scored the most points for the least amount of dollars spent and try to make sure they've got enough cheapies in their teams. I think we were both pretty lucky that we had some of the top-tier rookies, but also unlucky that maybe the top-performing rookie on the weekend got injured after 40 minutes. Sean Russell, three tries in the first half. I was just I could just I could see the dollars just uh, ticking over uh, as as every every try scored. He might have punctured his lungs, but we broke a heart. <laughs> <laughs> We're still recovering, and so is he. Yeah. So I got my silver medal though goes to Brad Snyder, halfback. Who's also Canberra. out? He's out, but he's coming back yeah. in, in probably a week or two. But forty-four in the half position. I didn't realize how big he was. He's a big half. If he can average around forty, and he was a price at 240 then that's a great value there uh he's worth but the good thing about him being out is if you didn't jump on the bandwagon you've got an extra week to grab him and need to make other changes i think the one player that neither of us kind of expected to kick on was max king who we both brought in this week he got 56 and i think it was 38 minutes yeah it was all base stats which was the amazing thing about it i'm gonna Boop, 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 dial into the lab and bring up his numbers for you right now, Jake. Yeah, I've got it here. 38 minutes, 40 tackles, <laughs> one offload, one turnover, positive. 
105 metres gained. So, like, you know, that's fantastic. That's, for an, that's an 80 minute back rower stats. Yeah, 40 tackles in 38, uh, 38 minutes is impressive. Like, I know it was a bit of a sl- like sloppy game in terms of, you know, it was a low scoring game, but geez, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty good effort, uh, pretty good output from, yeah, such a short amount of time. Yeah, so I think he, he stood out as well. Um, Joe Schiller got 30 minutes in the centre position. He has to can play wing fullback. So yep. I think there's like there's value there. Like for 235, a player that could potentially get around the 25 to 30 mark for you, provide dual position flexibility. Value to that. Obviously, Valia got injured. Yeah. Disappointing result in the centre position. So if you had him and Schiller, like it's kind of provided some clarity. They can probably jettison him and keep Schiller. Um, Targo wasn't at the same level of cheapiness as some of the other cheapies, but, but 61, it. and he can play in the edge, and he can play center. I think he's proved everything. People will be rushing to get him this week, and people like you and me that have him, it really frees up another trade for us. Like, yep. if we didn't have him, and we didn't, and we needed to bring in Max King and trade out, like, uh, Sean Johnson stuff, injuries... Yeah. That's when you start to miss out on really good cash cows. If you get these cash cows nice and early, it means you can make team trades to improve your team. Well, it's sort of set week, and forget. You don't one. have to worry yeah. about it, yeah. I think uh, Nainai, he was at 350 once again, not that cheap, but he got 56. Yep. Played 80 minutes. He played the role that we thought Lukey was going to play, who he played off the bench and got 36. So that also provided some clarity about which cowboy back rower should have in your team. Yep. Uh, Tulagi did well as well. He was three t- priced at three ten. Yeah, so similar to uh, Josh he, King, started this first half like thirty odd points, and then it was yeah, just nothing. And then in the fell off a cliff. So it's hard to make from that what you will, but he looked really busy in the first half, and it looked like they were just struggling to get into a rhythm in the second, and then they took him off for Luke Gardner. Yeah, with ten minutes to go. Yeah, but then. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, the, between injuries and the fact he's already starting, well, Garner's not played mid name this week, yeah. so it might be and a chance at, he plays eighty. Yeah, and he's at three ten or three twenty seven now, so there's value proposition still there as well. Leo Thompson, I talked up last week, he only got fifteen, but he played twenty five minutes opposed to Jariah Mimosa, who played a lot less. Yep, which implies that he's like the first prop or second prop off the bench because Mitch Barnett got used in the front row rotation. But if there's an injury or Mitch Barnett gets moved to the second row. It's more job security. Then um, Leah Thompson will get even more minutes, and you could move up to like 40 minutes. And I didn't mind what I saw. Yeah. Yeah, so, I think he had a few errors and bits and pieces there, which you'd have expected given his first first game. But yeah, I think he looked, from an eye test, he looked, he ran the ball hard. You know, he, was, he didn't look out of place. And um, yeah, like you said, if he gets more minutes, he's definitely yeah. going to be a good option. Downside is Daniel Saifidi popped up on the Newcastle extended bench. Yeah. So if he comes back a few weeks earlier than planned, like he'll drop down to like the f- best case scenario, the fourth prop in a four prop rotation, which is not what you want. Um, but we'll. We'll deal with that when we get to it. For considering he's at two twenty, there's not much risk there involved. No. I don't think players can go past two twenty. Yeah, that's the lowest. So it's only up from there. Yeah. So that's all looking pretty good. I think some people are hoping maybe Xavier Savage would be named this week. Another week, uh, Monet got only got twenty. Yep. And Elias as well. We talked about the ones that did well. Those are probably in the. Uh, would say you're very light yellow of concern, like with not yeah, red flags I, yet. But well, I mean, Cody Walker, which sort of be expected, was a lot the main playmaker for the Rabbitohs. It was, yeah, obviously, we, which we we sort of gathered, but 
Um, and it was the first. He had a lot of missed. He had a few missed tackles, Elias, as well. So hopefully now get a week out under his belt and um, we can hopefully see as the season goes on or over the next couple of weeks at least his uh, output start to start to increase. Mm, Tyrell Sloan was priced really high for a young player at 500, but I liked what I saw. Yeah. He definitely provided a lot more um, both in the eye test and on the stat sheet than Amone. So it'll be interesting how... That shakes out moving forward. Besides that, there wasn't like major duds. Um, and it's too early to tell that no one was bringing up like a minus two after playing 80 minutes. I think of any set of cheapies, there's always, uh, up and downs. And the class of 2022, though, I think it was more promise. I think there's definitely more expensive cheapies than you'd like, but some fair promise. Like Nanai can stay around the 50 mark, Tulagi can stay around the 40 mark. Um, Targo is a good center. You're really cooking with gas for the price of some of those players. And Stephen Crichton, the cheaper that I recommended, Jake, that you wouldn't uh, take me <laughs> up on. No. A 350 dual position wing fullback center. Got 57. Yeah, hurts. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. Is there any more words of wisdom you have for the kind folks at home before we wrap up? Um, yeah, I think now we'll start like a really good indication on um, teams. Like there wasn't a lot of team changes this week, so it looks like there hasn't been any massive uh, issues or concerns with what we've seen so far. Um, yeah, like I said, don't rush on any any good players that you want to trade out. Like you mentioned, Crichton. There's a few other ones. Um, you know, give them a couple of weeks to see how it goes. Like even Tedesco, he scored really like thirty odd. So you're not still going to trade him after one week. So just be patient with your trades. Try and get those cheap players if you do did miss out on them. Um, and then, yeah, just, just try and yeah, settle your team as much as you can for the first couple of weeks. Yeah, wise words. You can tell why you were once so highly ranked. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that one season. The one season wonder. All right, well, me and the one season wonder will be back next week. Cheers. Right, see ya.